Good morning. Today is Tuesday, November the 11th, and we're studying the Bible study guide for the fourth quarter of 2023. The Bible study guide for this quarter is called God's Mission, My Mission. Today we continue to study lesson number nine, and the reading for today is called Witnessing to the Learned, Nicodemus. Let us pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for the blessings you give us every day. We thank you for your care and your love. We thank you how you guide us in our lives. And Lord, this morning as we're about to study this Bible study guide, we ask you to send us your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Nicodemus was a learned man. The Bible describes him as a ruler of the Jews. Jesus referred to him as a teacher of Israel. He had a good understanding of the Bible and had a spiritual hunger for the Lord. From a human perspective, he may have looked as though he were a follower of God. He kept all the commandments, and he was a respected leader among the Jews. He was powerful and wealthy. Many looked at these as signs that God had blessed him. Nevertheless, it turns out that the surface appearances were only that surface appearances and now we have a question in our reading read john chapter 3 verses 1 through 12 and here's a question what does this story reveal about nicodemus's spiritual needs and how jesus addressed them right away let's read john 3 verses 1 through 12. now there was a man of the pharisees named nicodemus a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from, come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the, a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit." Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know, and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things, and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? So this story reveals that immediately Jesus addressed the spiritual needs of Nicodemus. He did not wait for anything to happen. Nicodemus asked him a question and Jesus answered by saying, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So the question is, what does this story reveal about Nicodemus' spiritual needs and how Jesus addressed them right away? His spiritual needs was, or needs were, that he had not been born again. He was still um, a worldly person. Yes, from the outside it looked like he was a godly man, but he had not let God change his heart. 
And so he needed that new life. He needed a change of heart. And Jesus addressed that issue immediately. When Nicodemus came to Jesus, he tried to maintain the facade, the status quo. But God knew his heart. Similarly, God knows the hearts and needs of all the rich and powerful, whatever their background. Nicodemus came to Jesus because Jesus' teaching had convicted him. His pride kept him from openly confessing Jesus Christ as Lord. But that night changed him forever. Even after his conviction that Jesus was sent of God, he did not openly acknowledge that he was a follower of Jesus Christ. And now we have another question in our reading. We're to read two verses, or two texts. John 7, 43-52, and John 19, 39. And the question is this, what do these texts tell us about Nicodemus and Jesus? So John 7, 43-52. So there was a division among the people over him. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. The officers then came to the chief priests and the Pharisees who said to them, Why did you not bring him? The officers answered, No one ever spoke like this man. The Pharisees answered them, Have you also been deceived? Have any of the authorities of the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. Nicodemus, who had gone to him before, and who was one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Search and see that no prophet arises from Galilee. And then John 19.39, Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. And so what do these texts tell us about Nicodemus and Jesus? It tells us that Nicodemus was a secret follower of Jesus. He wasn't openly professing to follow Jesus, but we see a couple of things that he does. First, he talks to Jesus, or he talks about Jesus, and says, does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? So he's kind of defending Jesus and saying, hey, whoa, we need to listen to what he has to say first. And then the second thing he does is it says that he um, brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes. Uh, and so uh, he brought these to, to anoint Jesus or for Jesus. And so we can see here in these verses that Nicodemus had obviously been greatly impacted by Jesus. He sought to protect him when Jesus was alive and then to honor Jesus after Jesus was dead. No question, Jesus had reached Nicodemus, who, even in his vaunted knowledge and wisdom, had a great need of the Savior, as we all do. And now we're at the end for the reading for today, and we have a couple of questions. And here's the first one. Why must we be careful of the trap of thinking that because we have the truth, which we do, then the knowledge of this truth alone is enough to save us. And that is a huge trap. That is a trap trap, that, um, or a misconception that I had when I was much, much younger. I thought, you know what? All I need to know is truth and accept the truth. I believe that this is truth and that that was alone enough to save us. And no, it's not. We need to accept Jesus. We need to surrender to him. Knowing the truth is a good start. The Bible says my my people perish for the lack of knowledge, for, for not knowing. So knowing truth is very, very important. We can't overstate how important it is. However, 
even more important than that, it is a surrender to Jesus. And it's not enough to just know the truth. We have to surrender to Jesus, give our lives to him. The second question is, how many souls will be lost who had more than enough knowledge, even of the three angels' message, to be saved? And I imagine many, many souls know the truth. Um, and so uh, I, I am reminded of a story that a cousin of mine told me when he was a, a, in college. He said that a, a, at that time he was not a, a very good Christian. He he uh, was doing some things that as a Seventh-day Adventist he shouldn't have been doing. He, he hadn't been going to church. And he was at a party. And he was at a party. And at the party he met this guy there who, who uh, was a bit drunk. And, and he said, uh, they got to talking. And, and my cousin said that he was a Seventh-day Adventist. And the guy said this. He says, Oh, you are the ones who are not hot or cold and will be vomited from God's mouth. And, uh, and that really had an impact on my cousin as my cousin was telling me. That here's this guy, he's partying, he's drinking, he's doing this thing, but he knows. Uh, my, my cousin was also not, not, not doing right things. But it's interesting. We can live an ungodly life even though we know everything that is true. And if you don't believe this, just think about this. No one knows the truth more than the devil. No one understands the Bible more than he does. No one has it memorized and, and comprehends it better than he does, and yet he is eternally lost. And so just knowing is not good enough for us to be saved. We have to give our life to Jesus. And giving our life to Jesus, accepting Christ as our Savior, is not just saying the magic words, I accept Christ as my Savior. It's not that. It is actual surrender to Jesus. Saying to Jesus, I give all my life to you. I keep nothing to myself. Everything I surrender to you. And that's what we have to do. We have to surrender everything to Jesus. Let us pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, Lord, help us to understand that even though knowledge is a good thing, even though knowing the truth that you have for us is a very, very good thing and very important, it is not sufficient. We need to be completely surrendered to you. We need to completely accept you, Jesus, as our personal Savior and surrender to him and let him be the Lord of our lives. We ask you to please be with us the rest of this day. Take care of us. Protect us from any harm and keep us close to you. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with us this morning. I encourage you, join us again tomorrow morning as we continue to study this Bible, Bible study guide called God's Mission, My Mission. Thank you and God bless you.